0: Firefall Talk Radio Rewind. joe
1: <laughs> are you there i Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you ryan thank you i'm back i'm done laughing I had, ryan, I had ryan fill in for me i knew it was gonna happen so i needed a, a replacement <laughs> I gotta get Ryan back. Hold on. Oh, how are you, Joe? Um,
0: I'm doing good. I am. I listen. I'm getting ready to pixelate over here. I mean, this is this is crazy. Let, I just want to tell you something. I did not expect that at all. And, <laughs> at first, I thought there was something going on. What did he do? Did did he get disconnected? Did 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 they have another voice come in? And I just got I just got Newtonized. You just totally <laughs> annihilated me in every ax, aspect on that one. So I don't even know what to say anymore. All I can say is this has been a reoccurring theme for quite a while now. That these little innuendos happen just before the show. We start laughing, and unfortunately, some of <laughs> some of you guys hear this. And you probably are wondering what the heck is going on? Why are they always laughing? Well, because it it, just, it's such a serious show. It's it just, it just
1: it, proves you can dress us up, but you can't take us out of the asylum.
0: No, and and let me. You just put me back into the asylum with that, and I, I don't even know what to say. But um, it's good to be here. Uh, the final, the final night here of a cult call and it just. It's getting crazy. But before we start, I have to ask you this question. Uh So I'm flipping I'm flipping through the net and you see all different jewelry and and stuff like that. And you know, or and then sometimes they give you like Google will give you the ads. So if you're if you're reading something, they'll send you little ads. And then I see this one thing that has this these crystal type things and, and it says John of God. What who is John of God? I mean, throughout your research and studying and, and things like that, have you ever seen, like, a jewelry line yes. by a person named John of God? Please actually, tell me that what actually, it is.
1: Actually, that's a guy that does psychic healings. He does the kind of, you know, reaches in, takes the disease out. Wow, that's really weird. I have not heard that name since when we did the C Conference in Connecticut. Somebody came to that and was asking me what I thought of this guy. And I went and researched him, and I'm like, "Why? Why are you even asking me? I mean, this is—he's not of God, at least not the God with a big G." All
0: right, so it is an actual person. So why I said that is because here I am, you know, flipping through, and Google sends you these little things, and, and all of a sudden it says John of God. I'm like, "Is this serious? Like, who is this?" And and now you just kind of basically told me. So he is a new age right. healer, I guess. Yeah, he's um, a, if you, you will. Know, He's one of those guys people go
1: off into Mexico or one of those out-of-the-way places where they can't hold you responsible for the medical stuff and supposedly he psychic heals people, casts things out of them. Actually, really, what all he's doing, if he does anything, is putting things in them. But, yeah, I've heard of
0: him. Okay, so anyway, you answered my question. So there's another thing down on the bucket list uh, of a uh, fest that we find out. But it's good to be here. And, you know, I was thinking about it earlier when we talk about, you know, all the years that we've been doing this and a cultoberfest has been something that we started off with having guests and followed pretty well uh, um you know systematically in how we do things, you know, and a couple of weeks we have the guests on and then there's us just talking about stuff and usually we wrap it up in that final in that final night and tell a little bit about our, our, our past and our stories and things like that. And and I've looked at this year much differently of how we do things, but yet still hitting in down on, on all those major points that, that we've wanted to. And the stories just keep escalating. We're finding out more stuff. And, you know, it's almost like every week could be an occult Toberfest because the, the way we're heading and and the topics and, and the stuff that we're talking about almost seems that it's all merging together as one, meaning that it's just coming to a point that we would find an interesting story, you know, or something that we can relate to the fall. And you know, every week, once a week, every few weeks, we have articles. But it's it's been like an onslaught of so many different things that are happening every day that I think we can call Toba Fest all year long and and have content. Well, we kind of
1: do. You're right. We kind of do that, but you know, for the four or five weeks in October. We try to gear it all towards Halloween. Um, And, and yeah, we had the guests. The difficult part about guests, and people do write and say, how about this person, is many times we're not on the same page. And then we've had people on the show like that where we're not on the same page, and then they really go off track off the you know the path and you you decide do I insult them do I confront them uh and no matter what you do somebody gets offended if you don't confront them well well, Richard why didn't you say something if you do confront them well you know you that was rude so it's just safer not to um unless of course you pre-record them and you can edit content out which a lot of people do you know we come here we talk about this and October is all about the occult, some form of the, you know, the hidden knowledge, the paranormal, the the, the secret aspects, and many times it's the dark aspects. And you can't get away from that, especially not with um, the stuff that's on TV, the things that are in the movies, the things that they consider entertainment. I see the trailers and I'm like, "Um, why why would I want to watch that? Especially coming out of the reality of that, why would I want to... ject myself to that, and it just seems like the darker and the
0: gorier, the more money it makes. Oh, absolutely, and and you know, if we were to talk about things, you know, as far as movies and you know some of the scary stuff growing up in in our era, and as and as time goes on, you know, into the eighties, into the nineties, you know, you can definitely have an appreciation as as like a filmmaker of how some of these movies were executed, and you know, you had every so often. That really you know disgusting movie that would come out, and I and I agree, you know, and it's like it was like, ah, that's just too much, but now it seems that it's such the norm to come up with something that is so disgusting i I think that the cgi and and, and all the things that that we've used for computers it's hard to generate anything that's really scary or. Because we're so used to it. And if you right. take the older movies we didn't have it. So obviously there was you had a you had to scare people on in other ways other than using CGI. But when you don't have that, what are you what do you what what is your default? And it seems to be a lot of that torture stuff, especially when you're dealing with like even the Saw movies and I think there's another one that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, they so.
1: rebooted it called Jigsaw and it, and yes. you know it's gonna be nastier and And darker, and it's just like, why? Um, Why do I need to subject? That's not entertainment. Uh, You know, we try to keep it light, and we get a little silly, and for the seventh one, the closing night, I decided to really go over the top with it. Um, (laughs) That
0: was crazy.
1: (laughs) So, uh, but it is, it's dark, it's demonic, and I think the problem is this. Those people don't live it. It's not real to them. They were not tormented as kids. They were not, they didn't almost lose their families. They can joke about it or say, well, it's just entertainment. For those of us that live this, we know, no, it's not just entertainment, dude. That stuff is real. Those things are real. I mean, I don't, I won't go into detail, but my last 24 hours was just one long-term paranormal event from some of the stuff that occurred and you want to say to people, this is not entertainment. This is our life.
0: Well, this is what I'm going to say. Here are my thoughts with that. There is that time where you know you can you know people watch these movies and they have these perceptions. And you're right. It, it's not so. It's not so bad. Um, you know when you start thinking of. Horror, And we're only talking horror only because of the fact that we're in, uh, in, in October and stuff. You know, there was a time where you got those little, those little bits of, of horror and, you know, every so often it'd be that really gross movie. But then you kind of overlook it. You pull it back. You watch these other movies. And, and you can develop some sort of appreciation for it, like I said, as a filmmaker or somebody who watches that, those movies. But now it has gotten so bad. And when you think of the paranormal, when you think of people doing, you know, um, research and then what what we do with uh, SRT, and then you go back to that stuff that you're seeing on TV and all of a sudden it doesn't hold that same bite anymore. It doesn't hold that same, that sting because you realize that that is just fake stuff and, and it is movies. Although there are those topics and serious things that happen throughout the world, but But it really there's nothing scary about it. So I get questions from from people who, you know, come up to me and say, okay, so you're an investigator. Um, Does anything scare you? Um, Can you go into haunted houses like, you know, the fun house, haunted houses and and amusement parks? Uh, That must be nothing for you. You know, you guys and and doing all that stuff. What really scares you? And you stop and, you know, I had to stop and think and I say, okay, well, what really scares me? Is it objects moving? No. Is it going to a place that, that's haunted or allegedly haunted? No, it's not that. It's it's when it it affects you in your life, um, you know, behind the scenes and, and all those things that you pre- to prepare for and these little supernatural things, these innuendos that happen when you're at home, almost kind of like I always call it like a little nudge just to let that, like it's a nudge for them to let you you know that, I know what you're doing and I'm watching you. Those are the things that are scary when your family gets involved with it or, you know, when you be just become under a whole different mindset. Um, that's, to me, is the more scary stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't know if scary is the word. It it takes right. me, me off. Um, does it if, uh, It concern me? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially dealing with uh, in 2006, the... Uh, the loss of my dog, Samson, which I knew was a demonic attack. And some of the other things I've seen along the way. You know, somebody asked me the same thing they asked you. You know, considering what you do and what you confront, do you ever get afraid? My answer is no. Because I understand who I am in the scheme of things. I understand the, the power and the, uh, that's inside of me through the Lord. So I, I'm not afraid of these things, but I am also conscious of the ripple effect they're going to retaliate and they may even get through and there may be some pain or um, disruption in my life. But when you, when you look at Halloween, you see for me, I, I almost find Halloween offensive. And I guess that's because of where I came from. It's like, if you get around somebody that quit smoking, they have a knee jerk reaction to cigarettes and the same thing with the alcoholic or, you know, um, for me, Halloween it was never a joke. Even though I did the trick-or-treat and the costume thing, I always understood the other side of it. And then, of course, there was a time I dabbled in that side of it. It was more than dabbling. I lived it. And now I look at the fact that in 2017, 72% of U.S. adults are celebrating it as compared to 59% in, uh, 10 years ago. And they're going to spend 100 No, I'm sorry, $9.1 billion. They're going to spend $9.1 billion this year on this pagan holiday. In 2022, that number is $10.6 billion, a new record. Over 200 million Americans participating, 37 countries worldwide. Death and darkness is big business. And that is just astounding to me, 179 million adults, that's not counting their kids, spending $9 billion to dress up in costumes and uh, to do everything that Hollywood, according to the president and CEO of the National Retail Federation, Tracy Mullen, Hollywood influences what the adults and children and even the pets wear on Halloween and when you look at the numbers and again I know we have listeners that do it listeners that claim to be believers and I'm not going to question their salvation I'm just going to question their loyalty that celebrate this day and and you just look at the fact that in 2017 70% of the people of Americans will ha- hand out uh candy 49% will decorate their homes 48% will dress in costumes 46% will carve a pumpkin, you know, then it goes down from there to attending a party or hosting a party. 16% will even dress up their pets. And the majority of them will dress up as a superhero or a cartoon or a comic book character like Batman or Spider-Man. But, you know, out of the adults, the number one costume is a witch. And oh. I don't know. it. This holiday, there is nothing good in the roots and the origin of Halloween. I don't care what anybody says, and I've studied it enough, and I have enough information from the 10 years we've been doing, seven years we've been doing a Fest and the 10 years with SRT, and the 29 years of being saved and talking about it. The origins of this holiday are
0: dark. Absolutely. I mean, when we kicked off and, and we talked a little bit about, I believe it was, um, you know, week night two, talked about or was it last week we were talking about the fact that you know people prepare when they when they go trick-or-treating and and there's no doubt I don't I don't dispute the fact that a percentage of the people who do it are doing it more for the traditional aspect of things where there are the percentage that don't obviously we know that they have a greater uh, agenda um, for that but when you look at that but then when you go behind the scenes to really understand what the true hall, you know, what the true day means. Um and, and it's obviously, we know it's so much more than just trick-or-treating, but partaking in that and being part of that, Um that is so demonic in nature. It, it, it is. I mean, we talked about some of the stuff, you know, years back with the Druids and some of the things that they did and, and, and the bone fires and, and what, what Halloween was really about. And, you know, it, it's just... It's just unbelievable, and it happens like that with the other holidays. You know, we we're talking about Easter, we we're talking about Christmas, and and how this merge gets sprinkled in between the both. So you're right; you have people celebrating Easter because they're believing that they're celebrating um, from a Christian aspect. But even that, if, if I remember, all, yeah. we, it's, it's origins all origins. Are not Christian;
1: they're pagan. Easter exactly. is to cel- it's a fertility celebration. Uh, regarding Ishtar, Diana, Ashtaroth, all, they're all the same goddess. Um, and, and, you know, we've done the whole Christmas thing. You can do your own homework, folks. But here, here's the deal. Halloween, the feast of Samhain, the god Samhain, Samhain, I would, however you want to pronounce it, he's the lord of the dead. And the, the, the Celtic people 2,000 years ago, in England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and northern France, this was a pagan worship and they believed that this particular night the veil between the two worlds uh, was its thinnest and the uh-huh. souls of the dead would come back to either haunt or visit the living and so they would these spirits would play tricks on humans and and uh, cause paranormal events if, if you will and so the people wore you know these grotesque masks and costumes to dance around the bonfires, we call them bonfires now, to confuse the spirits. And if the good spirits were around, they would get a treat and be welcomed into the home to visit with, visit with them that night. It wasn't until 835 AD that Pope Gregory the Fourth decided to counter it by creating November 1st as All Saints Day, All Hallows Day, which means October 1st, 31st became All Hallows Evening, and then you dropped it and it became Halloween. All they did is what they've always done. They assimilated pagan holidays, flipped a little bit here and there, changed a little bit and said it was Christian. It's not. And if you want to celebrate it, that's great. You're an adult. You're free to do what you want with your kid, but at least understand what you're doing. This this, this is not, I don't want to say normal because it is. It's become normal, from somebody who has lived on both sides of the veil, both sides of the equation, both in the demonic and both in the good. I have never understood anybody that would want to celebrate Halloween. Now, having said that, people will say to me, well, it wasn't for that for me with the kid. It was the candy. It was the costumes. It was the fun. And that's what I want to pass on to my kids. Mm, not so much. Because you're still celebrating a demonic holiday. You are still honoring the origins of the holiday.
0: You can't get around that. And that's, that's obviously, that was my struggle for the longest time as well. I I try to rationalize and said, hey, look, I'm following tradition, all those fun things that I enjoyed that my parents allowed me to do, and I have those memories, and I can go back to all that stuff. Um, Why can't I do that now, you know, then, you know, when when my kids were younger? And it was hard, because I'm like, I don't look at it that way, but then... Then I started to realize once I learned the things that happened and the true origins of Halloween. See, I think people get, you know, there is something darker um, during Halloween and they might give ear to a little bit of that stuff. But I even think I even think what they're told of how Halloween is. I think that's still watered down as to what really goes on and went on on Halloween and still goes on now behind the scenes like I think they got the watered down, quick watered down version of evil, if you will, of what Halloween is, uh, but not the full story of it. So I I don't know if they ever will get that. And then if they do, maybe they'd wake up and see things differently. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they say, hey, that's just for the past. I don't try to involve myself, you know, with that stuff. And those aren't the motives that I I do it for. But at the end of the day. It is still partaking in a day, in a time um, where where evil is at its most powerful. I mean, at that point, that energy that is is going around the world simultaneously on that night is feeding so much power um, to the enemy that I I don't I don't really see that you can find any good out of it, even if you tried or or wanted to believe to. I, I don't think there is.
1: Well, you have to also accept the fact that there is a large group of people that this is a high holy day. Uh, You know, the Wiccans, the neo-pagans, the occultists. This is a high holy day for them. This is a very special time. So you are joining in with them on their holiday. This is not a Christian holiday. This is not a normal holiday. This is very specifically in its origins, in its roots, in its makeup, a high holy day for the for the Wiccans, the neo-pagans, and the occultists. How do you reconcile that? Especially now, let's talk about if you're a believer. Now you're saying, okay, I know this is wrong. I know your word says this is wrong, but it's fun and I like it. I'm going to go along with it anyway. That's called presumptuous sin. That's a sin that's an in-your-face, I'm going to do it anyway, And when that happens, that roaring lion, those things in the darkness, they sit there, rub their hands together, and they realize they got something. Hey there, Richard Grund, interjecting again. Remember that point about presumptuous sin. Innocent behavior, you think it's okay. If the enemy knows otherwise and takes it before the throne, in a legal position to the throne, you have a problem. So if after this weekend, after tonight, after everything you've done this last month, things start to go wrong and you're looking for an open door, I would start right here.
0: Absolutely, they do. And I think for, for those who are listening right now who might be struggling with the thoughts of, hey, you know, I don't look at Halloween the way you guys do or or the way you're saying the true origins um, have originated from, and there's a certain part of me on the um, humanistic side of, of understanding that I see what you're saying, and I do understand that, but then there, you still have to draw the line. The dr- line still has to be drawn when you operate um, spiritually and how you look at it. Even, and, and this is what I would say, and Richard, you can elaborate on this as well. Even if one... Is not a believer. Even if one tries not to pay attention to anything that's going on, um, you know, supernaturally on on Halloween, I think the I think they still lose by default because they don't. I I don't think it really matters whether you believe or not. The very fact that you are engaging at your own free will by partaking in that day. I think that that's enough um, of a reason for you to get looped into all this demonic energy.
1: Well, think about the whole costume thing. And back then, they wore costumes of the dead. It was called guising. And they dressed up, first of all, they either dressed up as those things so that they would kind of fit fit in, the jack and lanterns, all the, the things that they put out. Uh, to keep the spirits at bay, we now make fun of, and it's a joke, and, um, you know, I use social media to promote what we do, so some of the people that follow, I see their stuff, and I'm like, um, I guess offended is the, the, the word. Right now, everybody's offended about everything, you know, anything that has to do with the Civil War, they want all that down because of what it really meant, or you know, every suddenly everybody's going back to the origins. What did that really mean? What did that represent? But it doesn't apply to, to Halloween. Uh, I find that a bit hypocritical. You know, it's either all, you're either all in or or you're not. The, the other thing about Halloween, and we've talked about this before, is that the timing of Halloween, maybe it's a coincidence, I don't think it's not. The timing of Halloween lines up exactly with the Great Flood and Noah's Ark when the Fallen Watchers watched their hybrid human offspring, the Nephilim, die. You know, I've forgotten about that. I read this article and I said, wow, we've covered this before, where the Fallen have tricked the world into commemorating in a pagan ritual the death of their children. And if you accept as what we teach is that the offspring uh, lost their human bodies, but their demonic spirits lived on, then the very spirits that are fed by this event, it's their, it's their holiday. It's their memorial. It's the day that they died. It, and, and that's, according to the Jewish calendar, historical record, the 17th of uh, March, Chesavan, uh 2105 B.C. is when the Great Flood happened. It happened during this period of time of October 31st, November 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, which, interestingly enough, covers the three-day of the Catholic holidays that they mingled in there. And, and it's not by accident, I don't think, that that same period of time seems to be some of the darkest in history. During that period of time in 1938, is when the Nazis created the red flag called Kristallnacht, uh, burned down that area, um, and then blamed it on the Jews, and 1,400 synagogues and various Jewish Bibles were set on fire. And and the number of historical events that happened during that period of time that involved death, murder, and mayhem, it, it, it it begins to get not just bizarre... But it begins to get almost orchestrated. That's the word. It's like the fallen orchestrated humanity once a year to feed their children.
0: When I read that article, and I know we've touched ground on that before, it didn't really hit me until it, you know, till today. And I'm thinking about it. I'm saying, wow, if, if we you know, talk about connecting the dots and the way everything just kind of goes off into it. And, and I was totally, totally blown away by it. But he, the other thing that you were saying uh, a couple of minutes ago, I want you to elaborate on as well, because you know how it's, you know, we were just talking about the fact that everything we do is an offense now. You know, we've got to watch out the way we talk. We have to watch out the things we say, our gestures, and, and all this type of things that are coming out right now. You know, everything is, offend, is offensive. Do you think that all plays into the fact of the enemy using that? Strategic that that strategy against us is I I guess what I'm saying is we we become so politically correct in in every way. Is that something that the fallen can capitalize on, or is that just our own doings with that? Have we put in a mindset that we don't want to offend anybody because you know we have the freedom to do this and, and, and this, and we talk about you know openness in so many different ways right now. Um, is that that run concurrent to what the Fallen is promoting, or are we just doing that and it just happens to go according to plan of of how they want it? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, could it subtly, could it subliminally be, a, could it subliminally be a trap to us to have that mindset to realize that nothing is really bad that we do as long as we're not hurting somebody else?
1: It it ties into the concept of the phrase. Uh, so mode it be, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, it's good. The concept, it, if you can't stand for anything, if you can't take a stand on anything, if you can't say anything's good or bad because somebody's offended by it, there's only one group that benefits from that, the fallen and their offspring because that means I can't say what I just said on the air about Halloween. That means I can't draw a line in the sand and say something is demonic or something is satanic. I'm offended by that, you shouldn't be allowed to say that. And, and when you look at where it's all gone, the extremes of, well, let's tear this down, let's change this name. It's the quickest way to reinvent or restructure an entire world, let alone a society. You know, if you go back to Nazi Germany, Hitler, took him 23 years, I think. It took him a while, but he got it into everybody's mindset that the Jews, what the Jews believed, how they did things, their God, their Bible, they were offensive. And they had to be eradicated. You follow the train of thinking that's going on right now, there's nothing good that comes out of it. And my running joke is when somebody says, well, I'm offended by that, I just simply say, well... I'm offended. You're offended. So that cancels each other out. What do we do now? It's so, it's so ridiculous. I've actually done that to people and you look in their eyes and you watch the circuits begin to fry. No, I'm offended. Well, I am too. I'm offended. You're offended. You shouldn't be offended.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's that's like Abbott and Costello. Who died
1: first? But, but it, it just follows the illogic of their logic because getting back to Halloween. Oh, it's just a joke. It's just fun and games. Okay. You understand why you're wearing that costume? Do you understand what that pumpkin means? But it doesn't mean that to me. Well, it doesn't matter what it means to you. What does it mean to the people that created it? How do we escape that? I I don't understand. You can say to me, well, it's just a coincidence that the great flood occurs at the same time as Halloween. Is it? Is it just a coincidence that all these horrible things happened at the same period of time? Uh, Mark Flynn, in an article called The Masked Visitors of All Hallows' Eve, he, he says, Why on the day commemorating the Great Flood would pagan ritual include masked individuals roaming neighborhoods seeking recognition and mollification while threatening mischief? He says the Nephilim before the Flood were essentially wearing costumes of human flesh. Even though they were in human bodies, it wasn't who they really were. They were eternal spirits. And after the flood, they continue to exist, seeking to get back into those costumes. I'm paraphrasing him here, but I get what he means. And then that book, the link I sent you today, the 1904 book, The Worship of the Dead and the Origins and Nature of Pagan Idolatry, and it's bearing upon early history of Egypt and Babylonia, which it all traces back to John Garnier, uh, 1904, he really breaks it down of how the two tie together, what they mean, and when you begin to look at this and accept the fact, you can't argue that this is a sacred day for modern pagans, wiccans, and satanists, and the way they observe it has an emphasis on demonic images, ghosts, monsters, gruesome things like we talked about, appealing to wicked spirits that all tie back to the hybrid human offspring Called the Nephilim and their demonic spirits, we have been tricked into celebrating the death of the fallen. There's no way getting around that. Every civilization has a flood uh, legend. Every civilization has a story that ties into the elements we're talking about. They just found a different way to tell it. Therefore, you would think that either this is one mass hallucination that covered an entire world, and affected all these different cultures or there's something really going on here of all the dates that the druids picked why pick october 31st fall equinox happened already why not pick that night why pick this night to be the night that you celebrate that event unless it lines up with another holiday huh
0: no, that's a, that's that's a lot of food right there because you know we talked about some of the stuff that the druids did was it the was it an article that you had pulled out or, or we had pulled out going back a few a few uh, um occult years ago a cultober years a few of them ago didn't we talk about <laughs> wait they- let, let me get ryan <laughs> ryan
1: can you explain what he just
0: <laughs> a few, few occult tober years before and and um we- <laughs> did you not talk about listen you're not going to get me i'm not going to laugh did you not talk about the fact that they would go to houses during <laughs> during the festival and they would say trick or treat and if 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 you didn't give them what they want they would either rape your wife or kill you so when they said trick or treat they actually meant it, that that trick or treat that treat was if you if if you didn't give them what they wanted, they'd kill you. Is Was that a whole different um, religion um, back in the day that they were doing those type of belief systems because... We away. Stop. Hello? <laughs> Joe? Are you there? <laughs> Can you answer the question? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but you know what I'm trying so, to say, trick like... Or tr- trick or treat was... <laughs> Don't smell my feet and give you something good to eat.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. That's the Rhode Island version. Um, that definitely would not have been the New York City version. Exactly. It was the spirits were coming to your house and you had to appease them. And the whole trick or treat aspect of it was, you were you going to trick them or you were going to treat them? And gotcha. you weren't going to trick them because you always lost. Uh, you know, the whole turnip, the whole... Uh, jack-o'-lantern that was the way of saying hey we are we're friendlies here don't attack us everything about the dressing up of the home was to keep the spirits from doing harm gotcha and on those nights of course we know probably evil people and 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 uh people that were insane (laughs) took advantage of it but all of those cultures whether it was the druids and the various parts of europe and then they brought the Irish brought it to America with them, there was that meaning to it. It it wasn't, you know, fun and games. It wasn't like we've made it out to be. You know, we talk a lot about energy and the energy of intention, which the secular world does too. You know, the secret and all those things. What is, what is the the power of intention? Well, what is the intention of this holiday? What is the intention of the dressing up and the costume? You say, oh, it's just to have fun. Well, what do those spirits think you're saying? Oh. And you're going to say, well, I don't believe in spirit, but then why are you dressing up like one? Where, Where is the, you know, the line has become so blurred in all of this. You know, and I'm sure people listening to this conversation are going, well, you know, you guys have a knee-jerk reaction. You came out of it, and we get all that. But I've never experienced any of that. Well, how do you know? How do you know that that weird occurrence that happened in your home that night, which you explained away, wasn't something else. I mean, we d- we do our best to debunk things, but then you get to a place where you go: uh, there's there's no there's no other way to explain that something paranormal
0: just happened. Hey, I got a question. Here's a thought: How many paranormal occurrences do you think happens on Halloween?
1: Um, I remember from when I lived in Tallahassee, and the f- the funny thing is nobody wants to report it. Right. Every law enforcement. Almost every law enforcement agency has a satanic crimes unit. Uh-huh. They won't talk about it publicly. FBI will tell you nothing happens, and I know that's not true. Because they do have statistics. They do have groups that go out and handle that kind of stuff. They don't want to freak people out. They don't want people in the 21st century to believe that this stuff still goes on. That you know, cats and animals still get taken and things get sacrificed. But it's not just Halloween. It's all year round. But the fact is, on Halloween, there's an uptick. It increases because for those period, those people that take it seriously, they have to follow through in the ritual to get the blessing, to receive whatever it is they're going to receive on that night. Well, how do, you know, that's one of the things that in this series of documentaries that we're going to do, I would like to be able to cover that, see if people will talk about it, see if law enforcement We'll talk about the fact, yes, we deal with this stuff. No, we don't want to scare anybody so we don't say anything. But, you know, this it just made me think, it gets us back to where we started. Halloween, uh, Halloween, Hollywood has so desensitized to us. They've made it all seem fake. It's all special effects. It's all fictional. It's not real. But then those of us who live this will look at something and go, that's a little too close to home. Mm. Clive Barker, he hits a little too close to home. That that guy has access to the dark to wow. side.
0: Okay, Richard, you know what? here's a listen. Here is a paranormal experience that just happened. I have in my notes right here. Talk to Richard about Clive Barker, and I wanted to make sure I talked about this before the show ended. And you just came out with that. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's SRT's version. But seriously, um, Clive Barker, to to add to what you were saying, I was re- I read an article a couple of days ago. There's this big article. I'm on the internet, and it says Clive Barker guess he was close to death, and there was something medically going on with him, and he didn't think he was going to make it. He ended up getting some surgery, and he ended up pulling out of it, and he's. He, bo- you know, he, he boasted about being able to write again. And the stuff that he writes about is so disturbing that I don't think I could even as a writer and you too, being a writer, I, I don't I don't think I could want to even think of those things to write them down on paper. Some of it is so bad. Like if you know, like the Hellraiser movies, you know, it's pretty disgusting on some of the stuff. That he writes about, but the books are so much more detailed than how we see it. To know that that comes out of somebody's mind in that capacity is just is just mind blowing. There are horror writers. I get it. There's people that like to write mystery and scary stuff, and then there's just disturbing uh, things. And that to me is what he writes is disturbing. I don't know how he can even cope at night with all the things that must go into his mind. So if you could elaborate about that, you know, when we talk about the occult and we talk about people having gifts and doing things and operating on certain ways and everybody has their own little gift that they excel at, say, you know, who who claims to be a psychic and who claims to be a, a tarot card reader and who has the gift of this and that can we can we go as far as saying that when we talk about writers and people who have that mind is that still exercising that occultic gift that they have even if it's through imagery of what they're projecting in other people's minds
1: well think about it this way what greater way to promote who you are than to find somebody really talented and, and either give them access or plan visuals in their head when it comes to clive barker uh, I really hope that somewhere in the midst of doing this film and getting back into the industry, he and I want to get cross paths because I want to pull him aside and I'll do it privately and tell him you're not writing fiction, because that movie, The Breed, was it called?
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, Nightbreed. Night Nightbreed.
1: Breed. Night Breed. Night um, Breed. I remember where I was. I was in Tallahassee. Had moved down from New York. I was in uh, the first house that we rented together back as a family. I'm flipping mm-hmm. channels. And I come across that on cable, on uh, like HBO or something, and I saw a couple of visuals that I knew were not fiction, and I clicked right past it. I said, oh, no, not watching that. I like that knee-jerk reaction I talked about. I very clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, go back and watch it. And I'm like, why? why? Why do you want me to watch that? And it said very clearly, you need to understand what you're dealing with. So I watched it from beginning to end. Every one of those demons in that movie, I've seen at some point in my life. And that's when it dawned on me that he's not writing fiction. His descriptions are too 100% right on. So he's either getting the visuals from them, or he has seen these things. And I have read enough about him to believe that he dabbles in the dark side. There is no way... I have you know, I used to have a friend in New York, um, Deb and I did, that was a writer, and he would do research. Uh, one time he was doing a series of books on a serial killer, and he got so deep into the research it began to affect him and upset him and he couldn't sleep. So you get that guys do research. But the stuff that Barker put out like Hellraiser and think that was stuff nobody's ever seen before. That was stuff nobody's ever thought before. Where Did you come up with that this is what that side is like? That they are tortured for eternity and this is what happens to them. That's not Dante's Inferno. That's not any of the influences that they have had over time. Dude, you are either seeing this, you know this. uh, No, there's something more going on here. So then you look at some of these films that I can't even watch because they begin to bother me. They begin to... Mm. um, you begin to react to it on almost a, a, a visceral physical level where you go, nah, I, I just can't do this. I've seen enough to get what it is and I'll, I'll you know, I'll put it in my notes. Uh, I, and, you know, there's the stupid stuff like Supernatural, the TV show. I think they just, they just take something, they make it up and they run with it. But then there's other stuff where, you know, right. these people are telling a real story and their intention is to tell a real story, to honor that side and to also draw people in by the fascination of it. You would think that people would be repulsed. When I That's first, what I was just
0: going to say. You I'm would think they that. were and they're
1: not. because It's like when I first started giving my testimonies after I got saved, I used to tell everything. I used to tell everything I saw, everything I did, everything I experienced. And at the end of the night, all of the youth and the young adults and the college kids, they didn't want to hear about what the Lord had done in my life. They didn't want to hear about me getting my family back. They wanted to know what did the demons look like? What do they smell like? Uh. What do they feel like? And they finally realized, wow, you guys are just fascinated with all the wrong stuff. So I had to cut all that out. My The book, which I wrote five years ago and I'm rewriting now, is the first time in in maybe a decade or so, that have gone into that kind of detail, maybe more. I left Tallahassee in '93. Pretty much since '95, 90, uh, I left. I haven't gone into that much detail since then because people are just too
0: fascinated with darkness. So my question to you, okay, hold that thought here. Now we look at we look at Clive Barker. We take something like Hellraiser. We take the concept with the box, okay? We take the concept of of this. Sadistic, sexual, torturous type of thing that he's creating. This it is this thing. And then he takes Nightbreed, like you said, with all the demons. And you know what's funny? I thought about that as well. Um, not not as deep in in the capacity as you were shown, but I remember when when Nightbreed came out, and I looked at it, and I was like, wow. You know what? These these creatures are so disturbing that it they they do remind me of, of, of demons, but it, it and it, it just wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a supernatural type of thing where they kind of just get a concept and run with it. It's so well thought of, you have to say, where is it coming from? So now you would look at it and say, if anybody was to see those things, you would think they would want to run the other way with it because of what they're seeing, but then they're drawn to it. Then you do speakings and teachings and and nobody wants to hear about the good stuff that happened in your life. They want to hear about the the, the, the paranormal stuff. What do they look like? What are these things are? Same thing. I get it in, that, in, in a different capacity when dealing with, you know, paranormal people. They'll email me and they'll say, hey, you did this case. What was it like? How did it feel? Um, did you see – did you actually see a demon? And, and you look at them and you say – What is drawing everybody in to want to know about the darkness when everything that they're being shown tells you you should run? That is the most mind boggling thing to me that I have. I I can't even understand that. I still can't understand. It's almost like saying if you jump in this, if you go in this room right here, you're going to suffer for all eternity. How many people are going to go into that room or into that door?
1: Tuesday night is uh, Halloween. Look at all the people between uh, the beginning of the month to then that have gone into these haunted houses, that have gone into these experiences to be what? To be scared, to be terrified, to be somewhat, you know, assaulted without the blood. What is, you know, I get, oh, it's the endorphin. There's something more going on here. This, getting back to Nightbreed, I had this visual. Of course, I didn't know any of this back then. When you look at the story of Nightbreed, basically the story is this. This guy is born, he's a messiah, but he's a messiah for the demons. He's a messiah for the people that live in a place called uh, Midian. Right. Midian. Midian is where all the demons were driven underground by the evil humans that are on the earth. The demons are the good people, the humans are the evil people, and now they have this person who's half human, half demon, who is their messiah who's going to lead them in victory and bring them back out onto the top side. Hey, if 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 that's not a story based on the days of Noah, I don't know what is. I mean, you look at the concept that humanity won, the Nephilim were punished, in their mindset, they were the good guys. What'd you punish us for? We only did what people wanted us to do. Uh, that's what it was. I hmm. mean, if you think about the thousands of years that they were on the earth to do what they did and covering right. the whole the whole earth and spreading all over the whole earth, that means for a period of time mankind was okay with it until it got ugly until the cannibalism and the bloodshed and everything uh finally they cried out to heaven and and god did something about it by wiping everything out except for eight people it's the same mindset hey we're, we're okay with it because it's fun i mean look at the fun we're having look at the the special gifts and the and look at all the, the you know the sexual stuff that's going on my goodness well, we're sliding into this Days of Noah concept to where by time humanity wakes up and goes, um, oh, we're sorry, we were wrong. It's too late.
0: It's it's that same thing all over again. So, you know, and and we'll just wrap this up before we wrap up the show. When you looked at even Hellraiser, it, 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 you know, and I don't know if you remember the movie. It, it's been so long. But do you remember toward the end of the movie... Where it was the girl and she had the box or something like that. And it was almost that she was, the th- these beings um, were trying to work out a deal with her. She was trying to work out a deal with them for them to let her off. And you could almost see that Pinhead had a smile on her face because they, them two connected. It almost, like you just said, it made the humans look like the bad ones. It made the evil kind of look good. And almost that evil had pity on. E- on some of the people that they picked favorites that were up on Earth. So is that was that Clive Barker's way of glorifying evil, or or saying that evil's not so bad? Because if this girl found any type of favor, or, or, you know, with with Pinhead and and things like that, to allow her to live, you kind of wonder where he's taking that 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 whole concept.
1: I, I think the original Hellraiser was a story into uh, in and of itself. The whole franchise came because the studios wanted to make money. It was a story from beginning to end where that, uh, what was that, her uncle or her father turned them loose with the box? Father, right, father right. Turned them loose with the box. They skinned him alive. They, I mean, it just, it's really grotesque stuff. And then at the end, um, she has to make a deal with Pinhead. Right. And it's always that little deal that creates creates the problems and it, it it gives you the concept like with the exorcist and all of these films the omen the enemy kind of wins but doesn't humanity kind of wins but doesn't but we find a way to coexist really that's what this is about it's coexistence which is why we don't fit in in the paranormal world which is why the the occult um the spirits whatever the demons fallen angels They know that we're not going to play nice. They know that we're not going to come in and say, oh, okay, if you just leave this family alone, we'll let you stay here. No, we're not here to play nice. We're not here to be your friends. We're here to put you back where you belong. And you look at the whole paranormal message, it's the opposite of that. You look at these TV shows, and these people go in there because they want evidence. Well, we're not here to do you any harm, and we don't want to upset you. So could you just come out and perform for a little while, make the lights blink, or say something? What? It's a paranormal petting zoo. You just walked into the cage, and you don't want the creature to attack you, put on a little show, and then I'll go home? Uh, The the whole concept is ridiculous to me. Halloween just feeds into that. You know, we try to tell people, we do it every year. Some people listen, the majority don't. I'll be honest with you, I get it. I see the post, I interact with people. Oh, I hear what you're saying, Richard, and I know what you think that, but I'm going to do it anyway. And what I want to say, but I don't, is, yeah, let me know how that works out for you. And when they show up to take your kid, don't call me, but I know if they call me, I'm going to go.
0: You dance Absolutely. with the devil, you dance with the devil, he's going to punch your ticket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Final Absolutely. thoughts. Hey, look, I'm asking you. Final thoughts on our Cultoberfest final night. Um, what would you want to get out there to the uh, our listening audience um, in regards to Halloween and what we talk about in the warnings here at uh, uh, during the Cultoberfest?
1: You know, the concept of reflections in the dark has always been to shine the light into the darkness, to show you what's going on there. And then you have to make a quality decision what you want to do about it. Yes, every now and then we will go in there for you or with you, and we'll deal with what's there. But the fact is, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff wandering around seeking to do you harm. And we've always adhered to Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, instead expose them it still comes down to a decision. What are you going to do now? We, we tell you the truth. We're even willing to help you if you make the wrong decision. But the fact is, you have to decide. And it, it just kind of came to mind all these people that get these exotic pets, lions and tigers, bears, oh my, that whole bit. And then one day the, the animal remembers, oh, wait a second, I'm a wild animal. And they attack them. Uh. They, they, they tear them. They kill somebody. They kill a pet. Well, they And then people go, well, they were so nice. But they were a wild animal. Sooner or later they're going to remember their nature. Well, these demons know their nature. These spirits, they know their nature. And they don't like you. So, we do our best to tell you the truth. We do our best to shine the light. We even try to make you laugh and have some fun and get silly. But, it, it's not a joke, and it's not silly that the stuff that we're talking about. So, those those are my final thoughts. I wish I had Ryan here to say something, but he he's not.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah, and 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 son, just summing it up really quick. I agree with what you're saying. I think not everybody's going to take what we say um literally. I think some are going to adhere to what we're saying and 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 follow us and and believe that that pattern of what's happening during these dark times especially during halloween and then you're going to ones that are going to say i know it's wrong like you said and they're going to still deviate and do what they want to do i guess at this point we can only continue to just shine the light and as long as we can do that that's what we will do we will expose the darkness and shine the light because look hey it is getting dark
1: so if you want to comment go to supernatural FirefallTalkRadio.com. If you want to support us, there are ways to do that. It's dark. Light's on. We're going to do our thing. This is Reflections in the Dark. I'm Richard Grant on behalf of Joe Citrone. We'll see you next time here on Firefall Talk Radio. Before I let you go, this has been a rewind of Reflections in the Dark. This one from Occultoberfest 2017. Again, if you like it, you enjoy these, and you want more of them, we have 10 years worth. Or we could just start doing some new ones. Let us know. Go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. Folks, it is dark, and it's getting darker by the moment. We are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Let's shine that light. Don't do Halloween tonight. And if you did, or you've already done it, or you've done your party, listen to this. And if you feel any conviction, repent get it over with, don't do it again. God bless.
0: Fall Talk Radio Rewind.